0: This is the Reverend Jeremy Means-Cost, and you're listening to an Episcopal constellation in the shires of Vermont. As I told you earlier, Giselle could not make it because she tested positive for COVID. So let's pray for her today. And she also did her sermon and sent it to me. So... I also ask your prayers that I may deliver her message the way she wanted it. Okay. God of love, please let these words be acceptable to you. Lead us all into ever deeper understanding and relationship with you. In Christ's holy name. Amen. Now, amen. Amen. Before we dive into um, Mark's gospel, I'm going to ask you all to pause for a moment. Please close your eyes, it might help and answer these questions for yourself. How do you define the word love? Capital L, capital O, capital D, capital E. What is love? How do we know we are loved? What can we do to make God's love real to a hurting world? Some of us might recall a book from the 1990s written by a Baptist minister, Gary Chapman, called The Five Love Languages. Has anyone here read it? Yeah, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) The basic gist is that we all have our own currency, our way of offering love to others and our way of receiving it, whether it's through gifts, affirming words, time together, touch, or acts of service. Chapman's point was that we do best in relationships when we're giving others the kind of love they need and receiving the kind of love we need in return. The takeaway love is active, responsive. Love doesn't just talk love does we'll see that idea play out as we take a deeper look at today's text here's some background first according to various sources the evangelist known as Mark was likely a first century Christian who may have served both Paul and Peter this writer of the first recorded gospel would have lived in a society still roiling with political unrest suffering under the Roman occupation and the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem and more locally, a crackdown on heterodoxy in the wake of Jesus's ministry and its threat to the prevailing spiritual authority. As part of an underground Christian movement, gaining steam amongst both Jews and Gentiles, despite the law's best efforts to quell it, Mark would have been acutely conscious of the urgency and risk in capturing and disseminating his account. There must have been secret interviews with eyewitnesses and their descendants in the custom of oral tradition. In spite of everything, the writer manages to convey the immediacy of Christ's time on earth and what he did here. Now, what does that have to do with what Jesus is doing today, you might ask? At first glance, love and demon possession don't seem all that compatible. After all, as far as I know, Hallmark doesn't make, I will raise you from the dead and exercise your unclean spirits, Valentines. But to crowds of peoples of Christ's day, who had never before felt any regard from their fellow humans in their hierarchical society. Jehovah was represented by a legalistic interpretation of Judaic law, which put them outside the bounds of acceptance and care. Once they were sick and suffering, they were basically left there for dead. The love of God must have seemed too abstract or concept Something for society's more more favored ones, not for them. And then, here comes this young man from Nazareth, of, of all places. Not just telling them that they are now inside the fold, beloved of God, but beyond words. Physically taking them by the hand, healing them, releasing them, and showing them for the first time what real love is. Mark depicts Jesus just as he is beginning his ministry when he is still trying to fly under the radar. Given the repercussions, this seems wise. Although miracles will demonstrate his authority over the natural and spiritual world, they are sure to draw attention and eventually the lightning of the ruling powers. Jesus understands the assignment. He has been put on Earth to proclaim the good news that the chasm between God and humanity has been bridged that the Holy one wants to gather all people to himself. That is his purpose. And then I believe that beyond demonstrating his authority, Christ, who was God made flesh, understood what it was to, what it was to need to long for kindness, human touch, release from pain and suffering. Here he is in the midst of throngs of souls desperate from years of oppression. He is resented with case after sad case of people in pain, outcasts crying out for mercy, which never comes. His nature and his understanding of how society treated the powerless would give him insight that the only language they would understand needed to be immediate, physical and life changing. It compelled him to respond to need with healing, even though it was not the central purpose of his ministry. Jesus, the human son of God, made God's love manifest in a visceral, sensory way so that the humanity would better understand that they mattered, that the message spoken by Christ was and is true. Good news indeed. Instantaneously <clears throat> cures and exorcisms are pretty impressive flexes in any age, but especially in time where illness or misfortune was considered punishment for sin, and the burn of famine, plague, and war fell on the most vulnerable. Jesus knew that in order to keep the focus on the message instead of the miracles, to reach as many as possible, and to plant the seeds of his ministry in the time he had left. He had to keep moving. Sure enough, once the crowds became aware of his divine resources, they mobbed him, crying out for help, hunting him down, pleading for more. In response, he drew aside to seek God's will in private. I wonder if the misery he encountered overwhelmed him. It's a very human response. I am just one person. How can I help all of them? The answer was he couldn't. This is why he called the disciples, why he is still calling us today. We are Christ's voice, just as we are his body. The message is as urgent today as it was then to a suffering world. God loves you. You are set free. You are part of a faith family. You are not alone but we need to do more than than speak it the words of the message are not enough the love languages for which humanity hungries hungers are manifold and there is so much work to do as christ evangelists let's learn what actions will best communicate god's love then reach out and do them we can alleviate suffering we can show people that they are not forsaken why we may not have the authority to take others by the hand and instantly heal them in unity with our God and with one another, we can manifest love. In this day and age, we can still perform miracles. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to An Episcopal Constellation. We hope you enjoyed what you heard, and if so, please give us five stars on your local podcast provider.